Hey folks, it's Jason here. Um, this episode starts in the middle of a conversation Nate and I had with Lindsay, who's in transition in her career right now. Uh, the short version of Lindsay's story is that she grew up in Kansas, she wanted to be a musician, and then decided to change directions in college. She got a degree in psychology, spent some time in Europe, but she still wasn't sure what she wanted to be when she grew up, so she applied to grad school and got a degree in public administration. Then out of college, she got married, moved to Kansas City, took a job managing an employee wellness program. And after three and a half years, exactly one month before this call took place, Lindsay was laid off. Since then, she's been hunting for a new job, studying French, catching up on TV shows, and volunteering at a soup kitchen. A few days before this call, Lindsay actually got a job offer. It's a new industry, a new field, and an entirely new direction for her. And that's where we drop into this conversation. So... What's the new job? Is it in the industry that you are in then or no? No, no, it's a totally different industry. Um, I'll be doing marketing now, which is kind of what I was doing at my old job, but not officially. So I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. So you're, so you're excited about it. Like, so this isn't just like, like, are you looking at this as like, this is the kind of the direction that I, that I want to go, or is this just like a, this is a thing that will give me money while I figure out what I eventually want to do? You know, I don't know how I feel about that because there's a, there's a part of me that wants to believe that like all of us really know what we want to be when we grow up. And, you know, that means that like eventually you'll find it, but there's also a part of me that feels like that's really unrealistic because if everybody was doing that, then I don't know, either the world would be a better place or like it'd be an anarchy, I guess. Um, mm. So I guess what I'm saying is like, yes and no, because I need a paycheck, you know, so there's definitely a part of me that's doing this because it's a paycheck. And I got lucky and that I changed industries and I'm not experiencing a decrease in my pay, which is pretty unusual from what I understand. Um so I don't know where it's going to lead to. Hopefully uh, without me like dying over my desk or, you know, having a stroke uh, under my, uh, under my desk. But um, yeah. Well, well, it seems like, and I, I realized that I have now muted Jason, so I'm, I'm uh, not sure if he will talk again. Uh, maybe he will. Um, but I think this is a really cool opportunity, right? Because you basically get to go in with a clean slate and, you have the opportunity now, it seems like, to build like a very valuable skill set. And I think mm -hmm. I think that is incredibly important. I, I agree with you. I don't know if people just I, I I I don't know how many people, I imagine it's a very small percentage, say, This is what I wanna do. This is the kind of person like this is the kind of job that I wanna have or the career or the impact or whatever. I feel like you just figure that stuff out as you go. But I will say that uh, in my experience at least like for writing and communicating and, and things like that. Like that was just a skill set that I had a little bit of talent in, uh, but it's it's still incredibly frustrating for me because I don't feel like I'm a, I'm a good writer. Uh, I work yeah. at it, but that's been a big skill set that I've tried to, to build. And it seems like this will give you a similar opportunity where you have this clean slate. It's a new industry. You have a little bit of experience with marketing. And so it's like, I don't even know if you need to know what you're going to do a year from now or 10 years from now or any of that shit. I think it's just a matter of like, how, how can you get as good as possible, uh, at a very specific 
skill or, or set of skills. And it, this seems like a really cool opportunity to do that. And not only that, like it's a kind of a clean slate where you walk in and are, are you going into an office for this job, right? Yes. I will be working in a cube for the first time in my life. Okay. So this is a, this is an interesting, uh, opportunity then to kind of like get a feel for the culture and then kind of decide how you integrate into that because, uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I you, that could go any one of, uh, of, of a million different ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Jason, well, yeah. I so you there's, unmuted yourself. <laughs> I, I found the unmute button. Um, there, <laughs> so the, the, this is actually, it's in, it's in a realm that is pretty near and dear to my heart. It's, it's something that I've been writing about a, a lot, uh, which is the, the idea of what you said, not knowing what you want to be when you grow up. And, um, from my perspective and and the way that I kind of expected the world to go was that when I was a kid, you know, in my my teens or whatever, I assumed that somewhere around high school or, or college, had I actually stuck through college, I would have been just kind of like awarded my diploma and then a, a magic box that would tell me this is what you are and what you'll be happy doing. And... I just kind of, I, I just like expected like, you know, oh, adults know what they want to be. So, you know, when, when I'm an adult, I will know what I want to be. And now, you know, I'm, I'm past 30 and I, first of all, don't always feel like an adult. And mm -hmm. second of all, I, I still, you know, I, I really have no idea what I want to be when I'm 40 or 50, mm -hmm. because what I wanted to be when I was 15 and 20 and 25 we're all different things. And, um, what I, what I've really been realizing for me has held true is that even though all of the things that I wanted to be, you know, when I was 15 and 20, I wanted to be a rock star and I had my, my band and I was doing the touring thing. And then when I was 25, I wanted to own a, a really successful design agency. And now that I'm 30, I really just, I want to make exactly enough money to not have to stress about money and mm -hmm. do the do the travel thing um and maybe when i'm 35 i'll decide that i want to have kids and and then i'll have a whole new set of goals and and maybe when i'm 40 something else will happen who but what i've been finding is that you know what what i want to be when i grow up seems to evolve as i continue to grow and i think the only the only way that you could ever know exactly what you want would be to stop evolving as a person and like get to a point put the stake in the ground and say this is as far as i'm willing to go and after that point you are like you know you you enter that fixed mindset like the this is what it is i don't want to learn i don't want to change i just want what i want um and i th i think that's something that i've noticed especially among you know my audiences is that that's not what that's not what's happening with our generation and with with the people that that t I tend to talk to. Very few of us want to ever stop developing and and stop learning and growing. And mm -hmm. so I think um, there's this weird grappling with the idea of like where do where do you figure out what you want to be or where you want to go? You know, like is is there an end to self development? And you don't want there to be, but it, God, it would be nice to have some of that clarity, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, have you kind of felt that same way? Like you, you said you came up in, you said you came up in music and then you went psychology and then you went to, um, to your English, maybe literature, maybe 
maybe language um, and, and ended in uh, what you're doing now. And now you're transitioning yet again. Like, do, do you feel like that's been a progression of, of your interests or do you feel like you've you kind of got there by drift? You know, that's a really interesting question, because I think it's a little bit of a little bit of both. Because um, you remind me of something I my husband calls me a hobbyist. Right. So like I'll do something for a while, then I'll like gradually kind of fade out of it. So like I did music for a really long time. I did um, ballroom dancing for a really long time. Now I've been dabbling in martial arts for like uh, like about a year, I guess, or so. Um, so I do think there's a part of me that just evolves into one thing or another. Um, in terms of my career, I've never thought of it that way though, because always with career, it always seems like so dire in a lot of ways right and oftentimes like our interests don't align with our career or it seems that way you know because like i don't know how many people are just like i want to be an accountant you know yay mm-hmm. but i mean maybe some people say that i don't know they're sick um <laughs> sorry to all accountants that are listening yeah to apologies this. to everybody who <laughs> <numbers>. sorry <laughs> no you don't need to be sorry i don't understand it either <laughs> But, um, so yeah, I think that's a really positive way of, of framing the issue. And if you look at it, if you, you know, if you read articles, if you read fast company and stuff like that, they talk about this a lot, um, that younger generations, like the standard stint at a job is like three to five years now. And now even so much so that like hiring managers, HR, they're even seeing it's like as suspicious if somebody stays in a role for too long to them, it indicates that a, they uh, can't get a job, which apparently is a skill in, you know, number two, that they're not uh, developing new skills. Cause when you start a new job, you inevitably have a fast learning curve, right? Sort of like a newbie building muscle or something. They like get all these gains. So it's like you start a new job and you get like work gains. Mm-hmm. I love that there's just silence right now. <laughs> I, know, I know. No, I think no, I think it's a really good point. And I'm wondering, um, here's what I'm curious about. And I'm this is kind of going to jump around a little bit. And I apologize for that. But um, you talked earlier about how it felt to be laid off. Um, do you have any other friends or family members that like, that were in similar situations or have been in similar situations? Like how, like what, if you take the pulse of the people that are closest to you, how do they feel about what they do for a living and the skills that they're building and, and all that? Like, do people seem happy? Do they seem like precariously perched on like maybe getting fired? I'm just curious. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. So I, uh, I run a book club with a bunch of, with a bunch of awesome professional young women and we talk about work like once a month and generally the consensus is that well some people don't like their jobs outright like they just they just they can't stand it and they're like dying to get out and in fact I even heard one gal say you know recently that she sometimes prays that she walks in and like she just gets fired you know it's so terrible um Mm. and I've I've had those feelings too and and I so it it sucks. And then, you know, under your breath, you're like, it really sucks though. (laughs) Um, 
so I hear that. I, and then I hear people who don't like their job, but they like their industry, you know, so they may, they may not like the place that they're working and they want to keep working in that field, but they don't like the people. I hear that. Um, so I hear a little bit of a mix of both from outright, like, I hate my job to, you know, it's, it's okay, but I'm not satisfied. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you read Reddit, you will find a lot of hate for their jobs there. Well, and I'm, I'm curious too, you said that it, it ranges from, I hate my job to, I'm not exactly happy at my job. Is there anybody on the other end of that spectrum that loves their job? Mm, no. <laughs> not that, not that I've ran into in the real, in the real world. Um, so I, to, to kind of bring something back, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm moving in a direction here. So just stay with me. I'm, I'm looping back in the conversation to something you said, which was, um, that you, you have your, your husband calls you a hobbyist because you move into different things. And you had said something about, um, how those interests don't always translate into like marketable skills. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what I'm what I'm curious about, because when you talk about like somebody who just outright hates their job, uh, obviously they're not getting anything from it. It's not rewarding. It's not bringing them anything of joy. Um, but then you've got people who like their industry, but maybe not the exact position they're in. Um, mm-hmm. And in both of those cases, you are uh, you're seeing something where there's like a, a, a void in there. And mm-hmm. so what I'm what I'm curious about is when you're talking about your interests, um, and, and then you also talk about your skills. So like the things that you do for money, you would call your skills. And then the things that you do that you would call a hobby, you know, you, you just call that an interest, but like, is it, are you finding that the people who seem to be happiest or the, the roles that you found yourself performing at work? Um, is there, is it like because of an overlap of those skills and, and interests or is it something else? Like, is it because the skills are particularly uh, challenging um, or, you know, like what, what are you, what are you seeing? Like in the moments when you felt happiest in your previous job where you said, you know, you were doing some of the marketing or like what you're moving into now, um, are you finding that some of your interests do translate into the work? Yeah, I think so. And I think it kind of goes beyond that too. Um, Cause you know, you'll get in a group, Sometimes, and when you get in a groove at work or when you're working on something, it just feels really good, right? Because like the end product is like mm-hmm. just such, it's just such an awesome feeling. You feel really accomplished and like really great. Um, so definitely like working on projects, like I get that, I get that feeling. But even even beyond that, it's having a good team, you know? Because mm-hmm. I find that people who maybe they don't like love their job, but they like their coworkers, they have like that social level there um, or vice versa if their coworkers are a nightmare then maybe they like their work but you know they don't like it because of that reason so I think that's also a factor too is your environment itself what do you uh, again jumping around what do you feel like you are like very very good at Oh, that's a very broad question but like if you were to say, I feel like I've built up a couple of skills and, or are there any skills that maybe you don't feel like you're great at, but that are intriguing enough and you show a little bit of promise that you want to develop them and get better at? 
That's a, that's a, I want to say it's a terrible question because it, it's like, it's like kind of feels like I'm gloating, you know, and I feel like I'm going to say something and I actually like suck at it because I'm going to be like, oh, she's such an asshole. No, this is a good opportunity. This is, it's an important kind of question too, because we spend so much time thinking about the things that we're, that we're not good at. And we have so much, we're so self-conscious about ever calling out the good things, but there's such an, there's so much importance on what, where we spend our focus and attention. And so putting that energy into calling out the positive things about who we are and what we do, I think is, it's such a critical thing. So even though it feels a little bit like gloating, it's it's a good exercise it's it's really really worthwhile so i i'd love to to walk through it with you yeah oh goodness um are you thinking i am i am thinking <laughs> i had to make sure that you didn't drop off the call <laughs> <laughs> no no and i i uh I think it's, I feel a little terrible that I can't just like straight out answer this question. No, 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 no. Well, it's, let, it's, let me, it's a difficult, let me, me. Re, yeah, let me rephrase the question then. So yeah, if, it's difficult. Like, you know, when you see those forwards that go around on Facebook where they're like, um, you know, pick the five people who would be on your team during the zombie apocalypse and like why? So their, their unique skills that they, that they contribute and like, you know, what they would do to, to keep everybody alive in the event of something terrible. Like what, if somebody was putting together a list and they were going to put you on that list, like what are they going to list as your, your specialty? Like where, where do you bring the most strength? Mm. I think I'm a, in general, a pretty grounded person and I don't mind speaking in front of crowds. I usually seem to do pretty well with that. Um, which is always fun. It's fun mm-hmm. to do that. I think uh, it's, um, so those two things. So I think it's like if the zombies are coming and they're like, Hey, Lindsay, tell us what to do. Give us a plan. Get up with that little box and speak. Uh, you know, I, and I think I can totally do that. Did, so you, I'm, I'm who's good. interesting then? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm pretty good at doing things that like scare the shit out of me i really like taking the ground running with stuff like generally that's what i do at my job so like the best way to manage me is to just get the fuck out of my way and then i'll be like successful and like you'll have a good you'll good a good product so like anything that i do i try to make it like the best that it can be so like when i had to do coaching at my last job i busted my ass to try and become the best coach that I could be, which is why I went through like all the trainings with precision nutrition. And then I just really liked working with people at PN and I love their product. Um, love the articles and the podcasts and like hearing folks speak from PN. Um, so anything that I do, and I don't know if that's a skill, but like I'm, I'm damn well going to try to make it very good. And I'm not, I'm pretty fearless when it comes to working, which gets me in trouble especially like in a hierarchy type environment, I don't do well with it. And I think that's standard of of a lot of people our age because we don't usually see titles. We just see the person. Mm. Um, And that's hard when you're, when you have to learn that kind of culture. Um, So for better or worse, you know, I'll try to get what I want. I'd be fairly aggressive in that area too. And so here's what's interesting. I I hear a few, a few, 
uh, if you if you want to just call them skills, but like it seems like all right, so you have confidence, and I think that's a skill that that is actually uh, that any, anyone can build. But it seems like maybe you have a little bit of natural confidence. But it also seems like you're uh, persuasive. Like if you can get up in front of a group of people and you feel confident enough to do that, it means that you feel like you have something to say and something to uh either convince someone of or something that you believe will help them and you're gonna find the best way to 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 help them help themselves if that makes sense like that's what a coach does like a really good coach right so Mm -hmm. it seems like it lends itself really well to the marketing role um i'm not i'm not not exactly sure what your what your role is going to be with the new job but like if that's something that comes naturally to you uh Jason mentioned this earlier, like he didn't know what he wanted to do at 15 or 20 or 25. It all changes. But uh, I think what's interesting and what he didn't what he didn't touch on, and maybe maybe we can each speak about this a little bit, is that even though he didn't know what he wanted to be, there was an undercurrent of skills and interests that he had that like when he was in the band, he was learning how to build websites Uh for his band so he could like uh tell people where to go for the shows and like not look horrible when people search them in google and stuff yeah it it's it's kind of a like a snowball of skills you know you start with Mm -hmm. oh i want to be the lead singer of a band and then you realize that out of the five guys in the band you're the the one most likely to actually like keep up the social media presence so then then i learned how to do MySpace and like customize our banner. And then I learned how to build a simple web page. And, and by the time, you know, eight years later when the band broke up, I actually realized like, holy shit, I actually built some skills. Hmm. Maybe I can do something with this. And so I, you know, I started trying to play with some of the other skills that I developed and I let some of the things that I wasn't good at, like singing go. And, um, and then I, I, you know, I just like, as I progressed in my career, I would, I would try something because it needed to be done. Um, cause you know, I, I, it sounds like you and I have, have that in common, which is if there's a problem, you just forge ahead and and solve the problem. You don't, you know, you don't need to check with somebody or ask for permission. You just see a path to a solution and you figure out what the fuck needs to happen to make it, make it not a problem anymore. Um, and in doing that, I accidentally built all these skills that ultimately brought me to the point that I'm at now. Um, they were things that were mildly interesting or, or very interesting in some cases, but that I wasn't actually looking at as careers. They were things that supported my existing career of trying to be a rock star. And, you know, it was like when the, when the rug got pulled out from, from the, the pipe dream of, of being a rock star, I like kind of woke up to realize, holy shit, I accidentally built a practical skill set. And I'm interested in it, so I can I can follow this further down the rabbit hole and see where it leads, and ultimately it led me to here. Um, and, and I want to and here's what's interesting, right? Because you said like, holy shit, I ended up building these skills, and I think that's a I think that's one way to get to them, and I think it's a really like serendipitous way. I also feel like some people now, like especially like we're all thirty. Um, Lindsay, you're thirty, right? Or well, let, sorry. 30. Let me clarify. I don't mean that I that I fucking accidentally built skills. Like I I did work <laughs> very hard at them. <laughs> like I, I, 
I spent, I spent long hours, uh, like really long hours figuring that stuff out. But, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't in service of becoming a web designer. It was I need to figure out how to make this code shit work because I need people to come to this show because I want to be a rock star. And, and and when I was done, it was like, oh, wait, I learned how to build websites. Like maybe that's a marketable skill. And and, see, and that's the thing that I kind of wanted to start circling around in because I think uh, whatever skill set you have, you can go from industry to industry or you can try your own thing for a bit or you can, you know, uh, find a mentor or do an internship. You can go volunteer somewhere like like as long as it's in service of like a skill that seems really interesting to you that you feel like you could develop, uh, like you would feel fine spending years getting better at X. I think that's a really, really good place to start. That way, no matter what job you have that you need to have to make income, you always have this undercurrent of like a thing that you think is valuable, that other people think is valuable, that you're consistently getting better at. Because I feel like that's how you kind of like I feel like that's how you get off of that cliff of like, oh, I could be fired or whatever. And you get to like have a little bit more control because you're like, I have a thing that I know other people want. And I spent a lot of time building it. Here it is. I'm going to go find a way to give it to people. Hmm. That was a rant. That's a very, no, that's a really, that's a really powerful, um, like a really powerful way of looking at it, right? Like, you know, does this skill serve me? right and kind of also in what ways does it serve me like is it just for fun or does it have like what is it you know side a side benefit you know or some other extraneous benefits i guess uh to it like you know what jason was talking about in building these web pages for his band but dual purpose of like actually teaching very very good useful skills and then the question number two do I mind working on this for a while in order to like improve it? You know, like kind of like judging how much do you like it or not? I don't know. That's really interesting. I think that's a really interesting way of, of asking yourself, like, why do you do the things that you do and what purpose do they serve in your life? Well, it becomes yeah. less about the, uh, it becomes less about the job. I mean, the job is, you know, it, it, it's a means to an end, which is like, I need to make money so I can pay my car payment and, and, and whatnot and put food on the table and feed my cat. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like how, uh, it's like a skill, like someone can take a job away from you, right? But no one can take mm -hmm. a skill away from you. And I feel like that's just a, it's just an interesting way of looking at things to where any job that at least helps you cultivate that skill and get better at it or anything like and even if your job doesn't do that because I, I have friends that are working um jobs that maybe they don't necessarily like but what they do is they find a way to accomplish that job like to get their work done in a way that's effective and quick you know and still high quality and then they go and spend the rest of their time building this skill that that they think is valuable that other think people think is valuable and eventually they transition into work that uses that skill and they just get more and more uh, confidence in their ability and i feel like you're already a confident person so the more confidence that you can build in a particular particular uh, set of skills i feel like just the more cards you hold like you just have more like bargaining power later on whether that's another job whether that's creating another role within a company whether that's starting your own thing or freelancing or 
or whatever. It's just uh, it's just something that I feel like more people need to talk about is what what are you trying to get good at and what value does it serve? You know, and it's interesting. You remind me of something I read once, which was like <laughs> there are times in my history, my professional history, where you you know you start like searching on things on the internet to like validate like how you feel or to you know give you guidance on like what you should do if you feel this way. And so I remember like you know researching like what to do if you hate your job but you <laughs> you can't leave it, which is like always a big red flag. And I remember one of the things that said was, you know, think of building skills, not serving time. And that's, that's exactly, you know, what you were saying with instead of, um, you know, thinking really broadly, like, you know, if you don't like your job, think about what skills you can acquire from that and how you can build that up and market it and, you know, take that, take that with you no matter where you go. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting. Uh, it's like a subtle shift too, and and like it perception, I think, is everything. And and it's kind of like earlier when I was talking about focusing on positive things versus negative things, and and now talking about this, I I think it just shifts that perspective from the idea of I worked that job and it's over, and that period of my life is lost, to I'm consistently building a set of skills and refining the things that I do and don't like and like building a deeper knowledge of of where my happiness lies and it it removes that that like mental burden of feeling like you're wasting time because no time is wasting if you're learning um Mm -hmm. so you know the the idea that uh you I don't know you you work this job like you could you could look at my band experience as eight years of wasted time where I decided to put on eyeliner and try to be famous. Um, and nothing came of it. I like my musical career is, is over. Um, nobody still listens to that band. It wasn't a very good band and it won't make any waves in the, in the, like the history of, of music or even in my small town, like no one will remember that music. So I could say, Oh yeah, I wasted a bunch of my life trying to be, a rock star and it didn't work out. But looking at it another way, that was actually just eight years spent building this core set of skills like negotiation and marketing and and salesmanship and showmanship and the ability to speak in front of a crowd and you know web design, all these things that I can do now, all of which I had never ever practiced before I got into this band. So sure, the musical part was a failure, but the underlying skills that I learned from like helping manage a band, booking tours, getting people who really didn't want to pay me to pay me, um, navigating new cities, like all these things that you do that you never think about as part of being a musician laid this foundation of, of skills that gave me more things to chase as I developed in, in like the next phases of my career. So none of that time has ever felt wasted to me. And I, I think that it's such a subtle distinction to say that it wasn't wasted time versus, you know, it like, Oh, I, well, can't get those years back. Um, but it, it really does. I don't know. I, I feel like it builds that momentum that lets you move forward faster. What, uh, Lindsay, what, what skills do you feel like just cause you're in this transition phase where it's been like a month since you were uh, laid off and now you're going to start a new job next week. Like, if you have to look at it through that lens and maybe you've done this already, but I'd just be curious, like based on just this little snippet of conversation we're all having, like what, what couple of skills or one, if anything, do you feel like you are like 
did you use in your last job that you're kind of carrying over to this new one, even though it's in a different industry? Well, I'll answer that, but I actually have a question uh, sure. after hearing Jason talk about um, his story, because I'm thinking about what, you know, what, what do you guys think like the world would look like? Because typically like when you're looking at job ads, you know, it's like, it's like, we want you to have five to seven years of experience. Uh, you know, you need to know like these soft, these software uh, things and, you know, you need to be able to do like X, Y, and Z. And it's always, you know, pretty standard. Like you need to know how to do business development and whatever. How do you think like a workplace would change if instead of like giving those very kind of standardized list options would look like if it did it more of like skills in a broader sense? I wonder. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense, and I'm I'm wondering about, and it's an, it's an assumption I feel like because I I don't have I got to be honest like I don't have a ton of experience with going in and trying to get jobs like that where it's like you need to have five to seven years of of whatever I'm like well I'm fucked then because I didn't even go to college because I'm not getting that <laughs> job. I'm like, I, I, yeah, I'm like effectively unemployable at a certain point. And, but what's interesting to me is like, I wonder if those, Lindsay, I think you may have more you know, insight into this than I do. And maybe Jason does, but like, do you think those are non-negotiable? Like, do they do like, do people not hire other people if they don't, if they're not proficient in Excel or whatever, or is that just a thing yes. that, like, is that just a barrier that they put up there? No, they absolutely like, and now employers, they send out like little tests that mm. for you to take to see how, you know, well or not, you know, a certain program, which typically mm -hmm. it's Microsoft office suite stuff. Right. And then of course, if you were like a designer, they'd be, they'd ask to see your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they absolutely do use those, you know, as, as barriers or check boxes, whatever you want to call it. I, so I think, um, it, it there are some there are some things that you just got to know like if you're going to be in the office world like you should probably sure. know how to use microsoft excel but Absolutely. i also think Absolutely. that there there's so many um so much of that is negotiable because those those job descriptions um having been somebody who's written those job descriptions when i was growing my agency they're they're not necessarily written because i care if you have college it's because i want to set a precedent for mm -hmm. what level of experience we need exactly and that makes sense from from my uh from my own experience with applying for jobs um i i've never actually had experience come up um what i've found is that things like degrees and impressive resumes they'll get you an interview but once you get mm -hmm. the interview nobody actually cares at all what you what you've done they care about what you mm. can do so so mm. um yeah, like yeah, I, I guess what i'm saying is like i think that the the barrier is is less about whether or not you've got the degree or or whether or not you've got seven years of experience and more about whether or not you can bluff your way into an interview at which point mm -hmm. you can kind of um start making that point and, and i don't know i mean i used to do ridiculous shit because i bluffed my way into a like a graphic design job with zero experience and zero college um i bluffed my way into a an offer as a, a software developer when i had no business being a software developer um 
all the, so all of those things happened and it wasn't necessarily because I did anything really special. It was because I was too stupid to know that I wasn't allowed to do it. And so I, I would just, you know, like call and email people. You go ahead. Hold on. I mean, when you say you blow, it sounds like you're like lying to people directly and then like getting in way over your head and then like giving them something bad. Like, but you're saying, no, that, no, like, no, you no. Got, it was, you got on their radar and then you were able to perform because you were a fast learner. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I, I, I have this concept that I, I talk about a lot called setting myself on fire, which is, is basically like I will throw myself into the deep end and then I'm either going to figure it out or I'm going to drown. And so far I haven't drowned. So I, I, you know, each successive plunge makes me a little more confident that I'm able to solve whatever problems in front of me. And I, you know, I have some like general guidelines for where I'm willing to to make those plunges. Like I'm not going to go to fucking NASA and try to get a job building rockets. I feel like that may put people in danger, but <laughs> I like, I'm totally comfortable though, walking into a job where I've never actually used whatever it is that they're building because I'm confident that I can like learn those tools because they're similar enough to the ones that I know. Um, but, and when I say bluffing, like what I mean by that is I knew that all I needed to get was an interview. And since I also knew that everybody's cover letter is roughly the same and everybody's resume is roughly the same. So if the only thing that they're using to differentiate is what college you went to or how many years of, of experience you have, I just needed him to put me on the top of the call stack. So I actually used to do this thing where in place of a cover letter, I would send a, an enormous photo of my face making a goofy grin and I almost always got a call because they, I, I think what it was, was morbid curiosity. Like we got to see what this Joker's going to do. And I would show up and I'd blow him out of the water in the interview and I'd get the job. And I, it's not because I'm like, I mean, Nate knows I'm not a particularly good interviewer. And you know, especially when I was younger, when I was applying for jobs, I was not a warm and cuddly person. Like I, I don't exactly pick up on social cues. And so, so it was, you know, it was, definitely the case of of being able to get into the room and then sh display the confidence that you can competently perform that job um so i so, I, I don't know if, if any of that's relevant but that's so, well, my experience that's interesting so, because like when i have been reading um you know like on on reddit and stuff like that which is just such a like fascinating rabbit hole to put yourself you know down it's not like people do that you know apparently like pretty regularly where they uh, just either, and I'm not saying you did this, but just kind of like similar to where, you know, they, they put, they, let's just say they, they make their resumes so they'll stand out and kind of do whatever it takes, uh, even if they don't have the necessary like qualifications or whatever. And I read, you know, several stories where people end up doing actually really, really freaking well, which is like just amazing and kind of a, slap in the face to the the hiring world in some in some sense you know because it's like it goes outside of their check boxes of what they're looking for mm -hmm. um to have somebody who's like you know yeah i didn't go to you know xyz school but i'll put it there and you know yeah maybe this company you know exists maybe it doesn't in some of these cases that i read but and, and granted they this could not be true but still very interesting theory kind of like um the Aviator. Was it The Aviator? What was that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? Catch me if you can. Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. But like not endangering, not endangering anybody. Though. Well, I think there's a difference too between like 
outward lying. Like, I don't know if Jay's never said I went to Harvard, but like, no, I never it, did anything like that. Yeah, no, you find a right. way to stand out that like is relevant to to you and your personality, but that doesn't like, you know, I, I you never want to be seen as like someone that will lie to get a job because then that just doesn't sound good. But I feel like right. to answer like to you brought up an original question. You said like, what well, what do we think the world would be like if like jobs were based on? skills and i mean i think uh, uh, ostensibly at least obstensibly that's a horrible word to say out loud i don't know how to say it but like i i feel like that's what jobs are supposed to be They're like oh we have this you know we have this opening and we need people with these skills so it, it seems like it's how it already is but i feel like if people if individuals could build a set of skills that they thought were very valuable that gave them a little bit of meaning that you know that challenged them that was that wasn't just easy and came naturally to them but like something that they had to work for and then they could mm -hmm. go and have bargaining power over what kind of jobs they could get and if they couldn't find a job they could make their own opportunity uh, whether that's starting a small business or helping a few people and calling it freelancing and just kind of seeing where that goes i feel like people mm -hmm. would feel a little bit more uh, I, I feel like they'd probably they'd feel like they're doing work that matters in, in mm. my opinion. And I don't know that, but that's, that, that's just my hunch is if people felt valuable and that they had something to bring to the table and they weren't just jumping from job to job, but instead they actually brought a set of skills that they've worked hard on. I think, uh, it just sounds more meaningful and rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Jason, I didn't mean to say that you were lying on your resume. I, I hope it didn't come across. Oh no, no, you, no, you, I, no, I, no problem. I, I have been accused of far worse things. No, I only brought that up because I didn't want anyone listening to think that that's what we were advocating. <laughs> we are not the we are not the people on Reddit lying on our resumes no, and then getting no, 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 no. The, the, like more to the point is is like I I think so. The skills are what make you marketable. Um, mm -hmm. The hard part though is in a when you're describing skills it's like describing personality traits like yeah. there are degrees of everything so there are degrees of of friendliness and confidence and you know ambition and so you can't just say like i am good at marketing because how good at marketing like fortune 500 good or yeah. like you can sell cookies out of your your dad's corner shop and what does so, marketing you know, even mean Right. Exa yeah, exactly. And now you've got people calling themselves growth hackers or, um, you know, marketing consultants or whatever. Like everybody's got all these titles that are all more or less completely made up. So when you hmm. talk about relevant experience, it's kind of the same thing. You're 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 trying to create a metric that's standard because mm -hmm. I can't say I need you to be like B plus good at marketing because everybody's definition of B plus good at marketing isn't going to hold up. Um, but three years of experience can on average bring me somebody who will be at least B plus good at marketing. So it's kind of like you're you're just trying to set the bar with things that are measurable. Um, and I, I guess it's kind of the same way as when you talk about like like I look at interviewing the same way that I look at, at dating, which is like to get to get the first date or to get the intro to somebody that you that you're interested in, you have to be you have to like stand out a little bit. You have to be interesting in some way and you can go the completely ridiculous route and like wear a stupid hat and see if anybody talks to you or you can go a more direct route and try to come up with clever opening lines. But whatever it is, if you can do something 
that gets that person to pay attention to you, then you have a chance of then you get to use your own personality as opposed to a LinkedIn profile or a piece of paper to to get that opening. Let's do something really quickly. Let's move away from shit that we don't really know a lot about, uh, also known as trying to get jobs and interview. Um, And I want to get into something that uh, I'm curious about. Lindsay, you're starting this new job. What excites you and what worries you about it? Oh, goodness. What excites me? Well, uh, before I, I indirectly did marketing and communications and now I'll get to actually do that. Like that's my direct role. So I'm excited about that. And before I worked in a very isolated environment and this is going to be the direct opposite of that. So that excites me because, um, like being like working in a silo, I don't think that's that's not that doesn't work for me. Um, so I'm excited about those two things and just kind of seeing like what it turns what it turns into and what I'll learn. Um, what concerns me? Your standard stuff like the commute, right? And loving or hating that, um, and then also like not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. And then, of course, like, um, you know, and this is common with a lot of women, but just kind of feeling like a little bit of like an imposter, right? Like I shouldn't be there. Um, those kind of those kind of anxieties, I would say, are, are what worries me or just not being able to like get it, you know, and like just actually drowning instead of thriving. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Look, I, I mean, to to add a little bit here, I I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a, a challenge that's unique to women. I think that that more or less everybody in a professional role, especially if they're ambitious, is going to feel like an imposter. We just um, actually talked to someone about this, like uh, before yeah. we got on the call with you. We uh, we talked to another guy who was in the same boat. He's very, I mean, successful in all like the external ways, uh, but he still feels like an imposter, even though he's like. Mm-hmm you know, accomplished a lot, uh, you know, compared to, uh, I guess, I guess the way that everyone else looks at it. So yeah, it's not a new thing and I've gone through it too. Yeah. I think everybody I've ever spoken to, um, who is working hard to like improve their situation has at some point felt like they don't belong there. And like they, like they somehow snuck through an open back door and at any moment, somebody's going to figure out that they're there and ask them to leave. Um, but yeah, I think that's, but that's a good sign to me. Like when I start feeling like I'm a little out of my depth, that, that means I'm about to learn something. Is there, is there anything like the last three weeks, um, you've been kind of like trying to figure out what to do next, like before, like before the job opportunity that you have now, is there anything about like your home life, like hanging out with your husband or your cat or like any like volunteering at the soup kitchen? I know I keep bringing up the cat, but I just do it because it makes me laugh. <laughs> It makes me um, sound so sad, man. No, 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 it doesn't. I'm just playing with you. Um, no, you have a friend for life. Um, no. That guy's a dick. <laughs> what I'm curious about, though, is like, was there anything during that three-week period or so where you're like, man, this is actually really nice, and I, 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 I need to like make sure that when I get a job or when I figure out what I'm going to do next – that I maintain some of this. Mm. Yeah, you know, I thought about that, like life 
life while unemployed, right? Because it's like a weird world because this is the only time in my life where I haven't been in school and I haven't been working. So that's really, really freaky because I don't remember a time in my life where I was involved in one of two things unless it was like, like a summer vacation when I was in high school maybe or something. Um, but I definitely like the quiet and like the peace. You have just kind of like the stillness of the day if that makes any kind of sense. And it's, mm-hmm. it's March now. So like the weather's getting a little bit nicer here, um, in the Midwest, which is good. Um, what was I going to say, Oh, but another thing I started doing is I actually started like journaling and like writing again, which is not something I've, I've done like just on my own, like for a while. So that's been really great to just do that. Um, things that I haven't missed as much, or things that were that were weird changes for me was like how hard it was to go to the gym. Normally, like my whole you know weekly schedule was like work, train, like eat, right? And now it's like with the whole day open, you're just kind of like, whoa, what am I? What do I do, man? Um, mm-hmm. And so it's weird because I expected like, oh, this would be so easy to just go to the gym when I want, but I'm like, oh, you really have to like. For me, find that motivation to go now, which has been which has been really odd. And same thing with like nutrition too. That's been actually hard. And I would I would think that this would be like the easiest time to do it. But for me, with, without like the the clock of a of a standard work week, that mm. was like another weird struggle that I found. Like I just totally got out of the groove with that. Um, so those are some of the discoveries that I had, and some of the things that I liked as well. But we. Um... I found for me especially that like those little rituals um, and routines that we build for ourselves are they're so critical. And when I when I first started traveling, um, I found that like I had similar issues. I I like couldn't get to the gym, and I would like just you know I'd get mentally exhausted, and I would go to a McDonald's because I couldn't fathom the idea of trying to read a menu that wasn't in English. Um, all these things would happen that like were just mm-hmm. it seemed like it should have been easier to make those good choices um yeah. but i i like for whatever reason i just kept not making them um mm-hmm. and i i think a lot of it for me and and where i started to get it corrected was when i when i built new routines that i could that i could carry with me um mm-hmm. and i cuz you know like you said it's you, you get up and you go to work and then you go to the gym and then you, you know, and so it was like a, it was a pattern. And then when something gets interrupted in the pattern, the whole pattern breaks down. Um, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, so do you think you'll be able to establish, like you said, you've been writing and that's been good. Mm-hmm. Do you see being able to create a kind of routine or pattern that would allow you to continue writing even when you get back into a commute and a, and a full-time job? You know, I've thought about that and how that would work. Cause I, I want to keep up with it, you know, um, and I'm, I, I don't quite have the answer yet. So I don't, I don't know. The same thing with volunteering too, because uh, he said that it was something that you really enjoyed. Yeah. 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 I do really enjoy that. And it's just such a, it's such a cool place. Like they're actually really trying to serve like healthy food, which I guess isn't always, you know, common practice at soup kitchens. And when they have enough volunteers, they actually do it restaurant style. So, like, people come in, they're actually, like, seated, and, like, food is brought out to them. 
That's like, cool. Everything's donated. Yeah, it's like it's the most beautiful, cool thing like you've ever seen. And it's um, like uh. a big article that went out on the Huffington Post and Upworthy about the Kansas City Community Food Kitchen. So it's it's pretty darn cool. I'm really happy to like do that when I can. But yeah, what's actually cool about the new job is like they actually have volunteering hours. That's like kind of like a paid time off day. So I actually get to keep doing that. Oh, that's nice. I'm okay. After I'm done with probation. So yeah. Because I feel like that's a that's that's a common thing that happens, right? Is that we like it, we have a little bit of downtime and we start like, I don't know, recovering or rekindling some of these passions or some of these interests that we had, or we we start some new things, and then we get back into the routine of you know working, and those things just kind of fall away again. But there are things that were really valuable, so it just seems like you identified a couple mm-hmm. of things that you enjoyed, and I'd just be it'd be cool to see what happens if you were like able to to find a way to stick with them and, you know, to at least some extent. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That would be cool. So, um, we're, we're pushing up against, I think the, the end of the call here, I know it's late for you. So, um, what we've been, what we've been interested in doing is, is trying to set up kind of an experiment. Um, so do you know when, do you know when you start your new job? I start next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, as as an experiment, what we would be really curious is is to kind of follow along with you in trying to incorporate your writing and your uh, your volunteering into your schedule without it becoming too hectic or too stressful. Um, mm-hmm. Also, so, so the, too. not not yeah, not just that, but I'd be curious what skills that Lindsay is like really focusing on trying to build in this new role after she gets like a lay of the land of the culture and the way things work. Like what, what things do you really start to focus on? So that's just my piece too. And I'll let Jason continue to talk. Yeah. So, so so yeah, I think that's, there's like two kind of two distinctive things that, that we can play with. I, but I think, um, for for my part, uh, for the kind of building a routine, I would be really curious to see, like, is there a way that you could look at your new schedule and look at places where maybe some time is is falling through the cracks or or just a way that you could fit it in easily? Um, for example, like I, I wrote an article not too long ago about how I was working my writing back into my schedule to be more consistent with it. And mm-hmm. the way that I did it was I, I figured out that in the mornings, I would get out of bed and grab my phone and waste about an hour while I would have a morning cup of coffee. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I did instead was I I decided that I was going to write for that hour uh, because it was time that I was already spending, but it was a way that I could spend it productively. So it, now it's part of my ritual. I get up and I, I start making coffee. I grab my computer and I write. Um, and that uh, that was a way for me to kind of build a routine that let me keep it in my life. And And so... The experiment that I would I would love to run with you if you're open to it is how can you create a similar type of ritual that'll allow you to do that stuff and would you be willing to let us follow along and, and share that with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Game awesome. So game. uh so game the game here is that it has to be actionable. So you start your okay. you start your job next Wednesday. And how, you know, I assume you know your hours and roughly what your commute is. So could you give us a a breakdown of of how you're going to fit this into your week? 
um, with both the writing and the the volunteering. And they don't have to be every day, obviously. Like, how, however, it needs to fit into your to your schedule. Um, but do you want to give us some rough outlines? Yeah, sure. So there is a shift on Saturdays that's competitive at the soup kitchen because believe it or not, it's competitive to volunteer there. Uh, however, like I can plan that out and do that on Saturdays, like once a month. Um, I, cause I think that's actually doable. Awesome. And, and actually I know I'll be there in May with, with my group as well. So that's already figured. And then in terms of writing, I love the idea of like, cause I love doing like studying language in the morning. It's just really nice. So it's like language coffee, right? Um, doing a little bit of that to like warm the brain and then just spending like, I don't know, some time writing before, before I get cracking. Sure. Even yeah. Just like, even just like 15 minutes or five minutes. Yeah. 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 Just any, any amount of time. I mean, for me, if I really hate doing something or I have a really hard time doing something, scheduling five minutes almost always turns into 30 minutes or an hour. Cause I can't just do yeah. a little bit. I have to like complete a thought. Yeah, absolutely. As we've noticed with my rants today. <laughs> do you, uh, and I, again, I don't want to take on this too long, but I, I think it's important to like what Jason was talking about, about, uh, you know, having the things that you've, that you've started to do the last couple of weeks, um, and maintaining that. And it's really cool that your, that your new job offers like volunteer hours. Like that's, that's incredible. And I am wondering though, like aside from that, do you, you never answered the question. You said you posed a question. You said that you were going to answer it. So now I'm just calling you out back on that. Like, do you feel like you have a, a certain couple of skills that you're really going to try to like to, to use in this role that you were that you may or may not have been using in the past or something that like is really interesting to you that you're looking to get better at? Well, I'm I consider myself a pretty resourceful person. You know, I'll I'll find the answer and do what it takes to find the answer myself. Um, mm -hmm. so that's definitely a skill like I'll take with me no matter where I go. And then the second is like kind of along that same vein. I consider myself pretty scrappy as well. So like I'll work with what I have and do what I can with it and just make it like as awesome as it can be. Um, and it's kind of using those two things and trying to just continue to be fearless in what I do. Mm -hmm. That's great. All, All right. right. Well, and with that, we're, uh, we're done. So we'll, yeah, we'll follow up with you and uh, talk about the experiment and, and uh, thanks again. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye.